1: Blood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keith. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergie. And
0: today we are joined by a very esteemed guest.
1: Most esteemed.
0: <laughs> One of my new, but shall I say, close friends, yeah. Chloe. I feel like we've been hanging out a lot recently. Yeah. Friends with former guests of the pod, uh, Laura and Jen has also been on. Ooh. Yeah. So rounding out time the time friends. Third charm. Yeah. Um, so, thank you for joining us, Chloe. And just before we go into the segments, so people can get used to your voice and learn a little bit about you, um, maybe if you can say when you were born, how old you are, to uh-huh. kind of place you in the millennial spectrum, um, where you grew up, and what you're doing with your life now.
2: Okay. Um, I was born in 1994. So, I am newly yeah. 25 as of a couple weeks ago. Gosh same age. I was also a 94 baby. My birthday is in January, though, so a couple of years months older. Yeah, but like a fraction older. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of grew up everywhere, but I went to prep school and college in the South, and Tennessee Mm. specifically. And now I'm in New York, and I work in luxury real estate for related companies. Great. Most recently of the famous
0: Hudson Yards development. Yes, if you've heard of it.
1: (laughs) I just saw it on last Thursday. It was quite nice. I still haven't Beautiful. been to it, so but I'm excited. It's um, much go. better than what used to be over there, which was a lot of junkies and needles, so A+.
2: Yeah, we a whole lot tried to keep them out, but sometimes you just can't keep the needles away. Yeah, it's rough. Well,
1: you did pretty well. <laughs> Maddie, Excellent. I have to say you get all the prizes for being much better at introducing guests than i am Sometimes because we get i have plastered. to say we could have a guest whose name is like john smith and i'd be like uh, welcome john smithy like I just can't. <laughs> the pronunciation I is mess hard up every time so i just wanted to give maddie uh props and i wanted to say it on yeah. air for our listeners that she is oh, phenomenally better at introducing de- guests than well, we've I also am. had some
0: hard ones like jenny mainpaw we had one. Ooh. This is a very weird spelling. Yeah. Recent guest, and we were like, we don't know how to pronounce this. Well, that and one I had... got right. Yes, I know, but it's normal. The stroke I of God. Yeah. Oh, um, right? well, this is very excellent. Shay, do you have yeah. a millennial moment to kick us off?
1: Well, I just wanted to say my millennial moment has to deal do with my dinner cooking skills for tonight because <laughs> I felt like I was just. So on top of everything, but it starts out with a very millennial thing, which is my HelloFresh subscription. We are big fans of HelloFresh for an undisclosed reason here at the pod. And... Um, we have many HelloFreshes in our fridge right now, which is very exciting. So we're making for my boyfriend and I and his two kids the Mexican taco bowl situation. Oh, not the taco bowl. I was going to say,
0: Corey's cooking a HelloFresh right now, but it's the actual
1: taco. It's not a taco bowl. Uh, This is the bowl, the rice bowl. But when David and I were like, what should we do for dinner tonight? I was like, well, we need to get cooking through all these HelloFreshes. And then I just felt like so resourceful and so adult which I generally never feel particularly when it comes for food because I was like yes I will just add a can of beans and make a little extra rice and then we can easily stretch it to four people and I am so economical and using what we have in the pantry and the hello fresh meal and I am winning and <laughs> then on top of that on top of that While I was waiting for you guys to get ready to get on, I pre-chopped all the vegetables. So that gives me a little wiggle room so I can just run downstairs at like 530, 540, throw it all in the pan. And then when those delightful small beasts get home, I can feed them a nutritious meal. And I was just like winning at life, winning at being a woman, winning at being an adult. That's super adult.
0: Shay is doing a lot of arm yeah. motions, congratulatory, like throwing her arms up for the people that cannot see.
2: That's also,
0: this episode brought to you by HelloFresh, use code <laughs> camp Adulthood. just kidding. Um, but also, for an undisclosed reason, if you want free HelloFresh, just email us. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's very exciting. I really like oh, that. Have you. you ever gotten uh, on
2: the meal kit craze? No. Clothing? So, I've never done HelloFresh, but I used to be on Wink, which is like this oh, wine, the wine thing subscription, yeah. Uh, which was HelloFresh cool, is something like similar to that. But you apparently have to be home to sign for yes. it. Otherwise, they like will deliver it to right. an undisclosed FedEx place. Yes. Oh. So, I had to pick up my packages yeah. and
1: like three different FedExes nowhere near my apartment. Right. I was like, that is also my favorite episode of Broad City where she has to go to the oh, FedEx. Yeah. <laughs> there you the go.
2: Yeah. I am basically That, in is, Broad such City. A, that is such <laughs> yeah. a good
1: episode. Excellent. Yeah. Right, Maddie, um, what is your millennial moment?
0: You know, I feel like it's just an amalgamation of things that we've already talked about, but Chloe and I were talking offline because I haven't seen her and I missed her birthday party because I was traveling so much, which is something we've talked about on the podcast in past episodes, how I feel like I've just been either just coming back from a vacation or preparing to go on vacation and being stressed out of work. Um, But today I texted Shay about this. Um, I feel like it's definitely a millennial topic, this topic of storytelling, both from like the popularity mm-hmm. of podcasts like The Moth yeah. and like in business personal development being like, know your story, your elevator pitch. And we interviewed previous guests, Olivia Christian, who does this workshop called Own Your Story about figuring out how to bring like your full self to work and how to talk about your past in a work setting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Shay also does a lot of this type of personal development stuff for work as well and workshops and such. And I was in a meeting today with someone that I don't normally have meetings with, and I was going through a spreadsheet with with a bunch of data, and I was like, "This was the previous version of the spreadsheet. This is what I added to it." Blah 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 blah. And at the end of the meeting, this woman, which I was like, "This is so nice, like women helping women." She was like, she pulled me aside and she was like, "You're just so great at telling the story with the numbers yes. and putting it together." And I was like, "What a great yes, compliment." Yes.
2: That's so. Nice. And I was like. All
0: this hard professional development work and the podcast is paying off. There you go. People are seeing the results, so I felt very good about myself.
1: And I took credit for it because I just taught a storytelling workshop at Maddie's office. Yes. So.
0: This also happened. <laughs> yes. My company hired Shay to give her before-mentioned workshop on Ooh. storytelling, and this was after we had interviewed well, on the other woman. on
1: presentations, I guess, not on storytelling. Right.
0: But that was a big piece of it, I think, Part was how to give presentations that kind of weave in a yeah. storytelling element and have a beginning, middle, and end and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this is just great. So nice. Aww, um, I love it. I, I feel like it's very rare that someone comes out of a meeting who's not like your boss or on your team and like gives a compliment at work. Like Yeah.
2: I had a You should I had a meeting today that was Like, the last meeting of the day, and then I had to leave work early, which is always, like, the best feeling. (laughs) Um,
0: Like, I have a hard stop. Yeah,
2: I was like, oh, meeting's over, I gotta go. Um, But it was really cool. It was this new fund that we're trying to start up in my company, and we were there with the marketing team and the tech team. And it was, I was obviously the youngest one in the room. Yeah. Like, by far. Like, least experienced in all the categories, basically but i put in one sentence and i got like good congratulations yeah i got like a good reception from it so yes. that's awesome i basically own the company now yeah.
1: <laughs> i love it so i want both of you guys to write these wins down in a journal so that when you're feeling like <laughs> crap about yourself because you're yes. trash bag you can look at it and feel better
0: see our listeners
2: are getting so much free I
1: know. Free Professional
0: advice. film
2: advice. I love journaling, though. That's, like, one of my favorite things so, to yeah. do In is journaling. With the
1: day. All right, uh, Chloe, what is yours? Oh, gosh. I don't
2: know. I mean, I guess it kind of goes off of me being, like, pretty much the youngest person at my job yeah. other than, like, the receptionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's it's weird. I had to teach somebody how to take a selfie the other day on their oh, phones. I had to teach them how to do fun. screenshots. Like Some nice
0: millennial helping, the baby boomer situation. Yeah. I was,
2: and I was thinking, like, how did you get, like, this yeah. far and not know how to do this? But then I came into a situation. I had no idea how to take a screenshot on a PC. Oh. And mm. it's... Yeah. Complex. I mean at my old job I had to have a John X person teach
0: me how to use the fax machine. So it definitely goes both ways. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I Very don't even helpful. think we
2: have fax machines in Oh, our the office. only
0: reason I had to use the fax machine is because the IRS for certain forms does not take them electronically. And so you literally have to pencil them in. This was in twenty seventeen, so not that long ago. You have to write them out, and then they only accept them via fax or mail. Oh my god. And I was like, where am i why have
1: i been where catapulted am I? back to the <laughs> 1950s i don't faxes had a very like short-lived life i feel like they were from like They're 1975 to X, 1993 yeah. and then they just became a pain in the ass
0: yeah except the irs and the government has not adopted yeah. it's probably that yeah. super well,
2: annoying sound they make when you ever yeah. get a fax <laughs> like screaming in your yeah. ear
1: I also think they, for some reason people think faxes are, like, safer than email for, like, conveying and sharing information. I don't think this is actually true, though. I don't think so, so either.
2: Yeah.
0: All um, right. Well Shay, do you have a cute. hot topic toasty campfire log? To
1: I do. However, if I've already said this one, please stop me. I realize I did yes. this thing where I keep a running list of all of my campfire topics.
0: I do the same thing.
1: It's excellent. But then I realized I hadn't been deleting them <laughs> from the list as I used them. So I vaguely think I talked about this, but now I can't remember if I did. But because Game of Thrones just um, debuted the final season on Sunday, I wanted to highlight this podcast called Binge Mode. Have I talked about this? No, I don't think so. Okay, so it's basically um, a lady and a gentleman who went through all of Harry Potter, like chapter by chapter, and like in depth analyzed it, and then also did it for Game of Thrones, the series, not the book, or the TV series, uh, by episode. And I just started listening to it today, although I heard about it a while ago, and it's really interesting. And what I like about it is their like they're very seriously analyzing the <laughs> Harry Potter. I was like, "Whoa, chapter 1 of the Sorcerer's Stone. I did not know there was all this going on." But they also make like a little light fun once in a while, but they're just very funny. But it um this podcast, like I said, I just started it. They're both writers. One is the um they're all both affiliated with the website The Ringer, which I'm not familiar with, but maybe oh, you guys yeah. are.
0: Um keeping it 1600 which was the precursor to pop save america was on the same network it's this guy who started he this is like totally tangential but the guy that started the ringer is this like millionaire guy and he has like this media thing but it's mostly it's kind of like a barstool sports competitor so it's like geared towards millennial men i think but obviously they have content for women as well um but that's the only reason i know it is like their politics side
1: So anyway, these guys, just for going through Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, have, like, a huge following, and they're one of, like, the top podcasts to listen to. Um, But I also just loved how, like, sincere and earnest they are about their material. So I wanted to recommend that, um, something Game of Thrones-related. I have not watched that started the next season, but uh, people say it's a crazy town. So... Enjoy. Chloe, are you a Game of Thrones fan?
2: I've never seen an episode. I love it. And I've just recently <laughs> seen my first Harry Potter
1: movie. Nice. Oh, have you read the books? No, so... Oh,
2: it's okay. I, I got them even for a Christmas. I
1: know. I I've got only them read like Christmas, two of
2: them. Like in third grade. Man. And my dad just <laughs> stared at them and was like, you're not reading these.
1: <laughs> yeah. This, oh, really? The same yeah. thing happened
0: to me. I got them... And I think my brother still has them, but I got them all, and it just, I read, I remember the first and second one, and then, like, part of the third one, and I just wasn't,
2: it wasn't captivating
1: for me. Mm -mm. Chloe, you weren't allowed to read them, or your dad?
2: My dad just stared at them and was like, this is a waste of your time, go (gasps) do something else. So I didn't have Harry Potter, like, exposure when I was little, so I was never in the fan base. Yeah. I
1: just, oh my gosh, I just have so many questions about why your dad thinks Harry Potter is not serious. He just for a third grader. What I know did you read in third grade Anna Karenina. I don't understand. <laughs> I was honestly doing like pre
2: SAT vocab, oh like, and yet Crazy. I tanked the SATs. Like I went to test optional schools for a reason. Um, it was just. I couldn't read it because he didn't see anything like beneficial from reading about wizards.
1: So
0: he was just and, very serious about yeah. like school, focus, and wow, sports. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow.
1: yeah, interesting. Wow, that's so interesting because I was my childhood. I was very much given uh, free reign over like I wasn't. I didn't really watch much TV, so I was basically given free reign over whatever the heck I wanted to read, and I took full advantage of it. So I was, you know, I was reading lots of different things but i think that's so interesting i always i'm just fascinated by people's reading lives so that's why i'm (laughs) asking these questions not any judgment of you or your family i just i think it's so interesting the ways in which we grow up with books or we come to reading or we're turned off from reading so this is my own personal like side interest so i will move on but i'm very interested by i
0: like it shay and i to give some context to Chloe and maybe our newer listeners because I know we've talked about it like in the past but Shay and I when we lived together we started watching Game of Thrones Ah, and we were like this is interesting that this is so popular and we would just like sit there and make fun of it and I haven't finished the series or gotten caught up but I know Shay's watched it since she's moved to Portland Um, and it's good but it's just kind of like a basic soap opera for men I feel like there are interesting characters Yeah, the lighting is very dark. So I've just yeah. never been, like, super captivated it by it. Yeah. Um, but I did, Corey's very into it, and we tried, they posted the episode at the time that it was airing on live TV on HBO Go, which they normally don't do. It's normally, like, 24 hours after. And so on Sunday, we were going to watch it, and the HBO Go app crashed, Uh-oh. and we couldn't sign in. And then we were looking online, and apparently the same thing happened during the True Detective season premiere, which is, like, a way less popular yeah. show, yeah. and we were like, HBO, that happened months ago, like, why have you not gotten it together? Um, but it was very oh, frustrating, like so.
2: Damn it, HBO. I was like,
0: this is the most popular show that's, like, ever been on television, like. Is it Maybe really? invest. Yeah. I think um, The Walking Dead is officially the most, the cable show that's that had the most viewership, yeah, but, me I mean, Game of Thrones by far on HBO is the most popular thing, and that's it clearly crazy. is, like, part of the zeitgeist, so.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So interesting.
0: I love it. All right, um, Maddie,
1: what is your hot and toasty campfire log? You know, it's just,
0: it's another sort of, um, I guess, like a follow on to when we were recording the last time. So we had talked about Beto O'Rourke's Vanity Fair cover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, as he's kind of like a Gen X icon. And then I wanted to show this shiny face of Pete Buttigieg. Oh. who was the first millennial
1: Presidential candidate. Oh, look how um, sweet he is.
0: And I just thought it was an it was an interesting juxtaposition in the fact that the only people that end up on magazine covers are men. I have not mm-hmm. seen a Kamala Harris, an Elizabeth Warren, yeah, a yeah. Kristen Gildebrand cover. None of these people. But back-to-back magazines of Pete Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke, so that's just one thing. But I just think it's interesting whether or not you agree with his politics. That's not what I'm trying to get into, but just... The idea of being a millennial and having the emergence of this like millennials in politics kind of thing is really fun to watch. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because we're only just now getting to the age where we're even old enough to think about. Yeah, or even be in eligible in a for way
0: president. Like, you have to be 35 to run, and Pete Buttigieg is like 36 or 38 or something, so he's like just eligible. Mm-hmm. But I just find it very delightful. Heartwarming. I hope it doesn't get like nasty. I know it's going to, but
1: oh, it's going to get so nasty. Yeah, but at least we're in this
0: sweet spot of we're just like, oh, it's nice. Yeah, to just
1: sit back and watch it for now. I just like I hate when it starts to get nasty and they start attacking their like personal lives. And I know, I know. Unless we're attacking, I don't like the ickiness.
2: I don't either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have a hot topic from the news or anything that's been like percolating in your mind? You're allowed to pass. You uh, can go into the interview and just cover yeah, you with questions. I pass. <laughs> or anything fun. I also, I'll, since you skipped another fun thing that is mo- of millennial uh, fodder, is the Jonas Brothers reunion. Wait, I have feelings about this. Okay, this was a good one then. Because um, I feel like, I don't know, Shay, if you were ever into the Jonas Brothers, I feel like, I'm too old for the yeah, Joe Bros. I was going to say, I feel like this is a younger millennial thing. Yeah, definitely. Thing. And I was not, like... I was like a casual fan, like when they were popular before, but I was never like so hardcore into it. But now I'm like, now that they're adults,
2: I love it. I was like, <laughs> there was nothing casual about how I felt about <laughs> them. <Aww. laughs> like I would you, put like, on writing the fanfic. No, not, like, to that extent, but I would put on, like, karaoke concerts in my room to the point where, like, my parents would not come watch anymore because they were like, we've seen this so many times. That's amazing. So I would just put it in front of, like, my teddy bears at that point.
1: And so, I was no Harry Potter, but dancing to the Joe Bros is okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta allow to some passion and create a picture of young Chloe's life.
2: <laughs> it was Joe Bros, Hillary Duff. Oh, yeah. Aaron to Oh, yeah. all of them Demi Lovato, all of them. All of the Disney like preteen yeah. stars were my jam. I
0: just love the evolution. Like I really liked Miley's most recent stuff. I and, know like, the rocking ball era.
1: So are the Jonas know. Brothers? They're like making a new album, or yes. they're just yeah, going tour? they're yeah. like full they have new on songs.
2: back together. Though I don't think they're letting Kevin sing, which is probably a good choice <laughs> because he's like significantly older and has been out of the singing mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah, he had his own E Channel or Bravo reality show. Yeah, with his it was wife. weird. Oh,
1: yeah. that's right. Well, I did see a picture on Instagram of all three of the wives together. So oh, yeah. the redhead from Game of Thrones, Priyanka Chopra, yeah. and. Uh, Kevin's unnamed <laughs> wife, who is of no importance. Yeah, I don't remember her, her, name, her name. is Danielle. Oh. Danielle, <laughs> I remember her. I
2: watched <laughs> the
0: show, but I don't remember her name.
2: Yeah, I went into straight mourning when Nick Jonas got married. I oh. have, I have a horrendously bad habit when I get like. He is a very little... hot in adulthood. Oh yeah, but when I get like a little bit tipsy, I DM my celeb crushes.
0: Oh my god, I do the same thing. Wow, this is we're getting deep. It's mostly
1: do Nick do this Jonas Hold on. and
2: Justin Bieber. <laughs>
1: Okay, I need to see what Nick Jonas looks like grown up. Google um, Nick Jonas shirtless. Yeah, oh. that's what you need to see. Wait, how old is Nick? Uh, Wait, he's maybe he's a couple, couple years. Old no, Kevin best. is the old one. Okay, Kevin is so. the Kevin's
2: the oldest one that's not allowed to Nick sing is anymore.
1: The Priyanka one.
0: Okay, <laughs> yes. Kevin. Kevin has the curly hair. Yeah, and Priyanka. Like oh, significantly Kevin older looks than Nick. like that. a yeah.
1: weird, like, um, Jane Austen hero. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> this is a fun and depiction. Joe Jonas is the one marrying Sophie Turner. Oh, so many things are making sense to me now that I didn't. didn't this is know about for more. You know,
0: Shay. This is highlighting yeah. the millennial divide in a very real way. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I really had no concept that of any of this. My my favorite thing about Joe Jonas though is there is. I see if I can find it for our uh, listeners. Um, he did a segment with some like. British radio show where they make it like they read headlines and he has to make it into a song and like sing them out loud oh. and it is probably the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life and it begins with I'm so fat I broke the toilet and he like <laughs> sings it so beautifully it's literally one of my favorite videos of all time and I'm going to find it right now and we will post it for you all um but uh highly recommend that's amazing. excellent
0: great love it Well, this is a great time to transition into the interview portion. Oh, boy. So, I I guess I'll go back to, like, the impetus of our friendship. So, we met through Laura, like I mentioned, previous guest of the pod, from way back. She was one of, like, our first, like, ten guests or so. And we met, and I feel like some of our most fun, sometimes we have very, like, heartfelt, nice, genuine episodes, and those are great. But some of the more fun ones, I think, are ones where we talk about things that are happening in New York, mm-hmm. i.e. Hudson Yards, which you worked heavily on, and I feel like you have a lot of great dating stories oh in New God. York as a long, young millennial, and Shay and I are both kind of out of the dating game. And I don't even know if I just I'm think, in the dating game, though. Well, we can like... get into that. But I just think <laughs> you have such a nice, fun presence, and... I think it's just great for the podcast so that's why like if the listeners are like who is this random chick um you're welcome why listeners. you're on um just getting you know the glimpse of the young millennial life in new york yeah so i guess i'll ask before we start peppering you with questions since we have kind of these two main fields do you want to start with hudson yards or do you want to start with why you feel like you're out of the dating scene at this point we can start with hudson yards okay. So, maybe Keep you can to
1: start. Yeah. kind of walk
0: us through what is Hudson Yards since we have listeners obviously outside of New York who maybe aren't spun up and yeah. what your role was with Related
2: for putting it so, together. So, uh, Hudson Yards, in a kind of nutshell, is a city within New York City. Um, the creative kind of masterminds at Related looked at this spot, like Shay said earlier, that was like. Basically vacant. Yeah. Like, nobody really wanted to go down there. kind of industrial. And it's on the
0: west side of Manhattan, we should mention as well. Yeah,
2: And it was, like, old railroads and everything else. And they kind of looked at it saying, okay, we can build something incredible here and not just incredible. It's actually the biggest development in U.S. history. Which is kind of insane, but um, within it is office buildings, residential buildings, shops... Uh, And the first ever Equinox Hotel is going in, which is super exciting. What does that mean? It's, from what I can understand, it's like two levels of the actual Equinox gym, which Mm -hmm. is, I want to say, my safe space because I love (laughs) Equinox so much. Um, But then there's like 20 floors of rooms that people can stay in. So like if you're here for business from California or something like that, you can stay at the Equinox Hotel for I don't want to say for free, but like for a significant discount.
1: Wow.
0: Very fancy. Yeah, super
2: fancy.
1: And there's a bunch of
0: restaurants and there's the shed, which is Yeah, the shed is super cool. It's like a retractable event space. Yeah. And then they have the vessel, which is like
2: I don't vessel. even know what you would
0: call it. It's like an art installation, but you can, like, go up into it. Yeah.
2: I've been, and I don't even know if this is, like, considered politically correct in related world, but I've been calling it, like, the interactive art yeah. exhibit. Because yeah. there's stairs yeah. all the way throughout it, so you can walk from the bottom of it to the absolute top, and I want to say it's two miles of stairs. Oh, wow. Which is insane. It
0: looks almost like a cylindrical, like,
1: honeycomb. Yeah, it's like a beehive
2: almost. Yeah. And I definitely
1: didn't even try to go up.
2: <laughs> no. It's, I won't, to be honest. It's, like, cool, but it's not, yeah. like...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's cool to look at. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, like, similar to, like, Zuccotti Park is like this, where it's technically, like, open public space, but it's all still part of the development. Yeah. So, like, the public can go in, but it's not, like, Central Park, which is, like private Mm -hmm. or um, public, like,
2: land. Like, you can walk to Hudson Yards or through Hudson Yards right off of the High Line, which I guess is Mm -hmm. kind of why we even looked at this area in the first place.
0: And the 7 train goes there now, so there's all this, like, interconnectedness to the rest of NYC.
2: Yeah. Which is, we wanted to make it sort of accessible to everybody, not just tourists, not just people that live in New York City, but to draw in every sort of crowd, Mm -hmm. which hopefully we're gonna do (laughs) it's only been like a month
0: yeah it like just opened
1: but i think that's what's so fascinating about that whole area so i first moved to chelsea in 2011 in like late winter 2011 and like chelsea was like a nice neighborhood, but it was, like, had some rougher on the edges, and, like, once you went west, it was kind of, like, not that great. Yeah. And then the High Line went in, right? And okay. I was there on the day the High Line opened because they, like, opened it the day before for neighborhood residents. So we just, like, went for a walk, and we're like, this is nice. And now that whole part of Manhattan is totally, totally different. And I don't think Hudson Yards would ever have gone in without that, but all the construction I mean, it's just, it's been such an incredible amount of rapid change, and I don't put a value judgment on it either way, but I think it's really interesting to see how this one kind of public park changed the entire landscape of that side of the city.
2: Yeah, definitely. And
0: we'll say the High Line too, for people that don't know, it's like an, it was built on an elevated train line that was kind of like abandoned, and now it's, it's like an elevated green space, like a park, and there's like benches and it overlooks the Hudson and you can also get some like good views of Manhattan and it goes like a pretty far distance now like when it first opened it was like pretty short but now I think it starts at 14th street and it goes all the way up to where Hudson Yards is basically yeah like 30th and 34th yeah yeah so that's very cool 20 some blocks but Mm -hmm. I do think I want to get into what you did specifically for the Hudson Yards project but before we get into that just to address kind of what Shay said, like, not putting a value judgment on it, the Hudson Yards project has gotten a lot of heat, and I know you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, a PR representative or anything, so I want to put that caveat out there not to put too much pressure on Chloe's one opinion, but I know there's a very high-profile piece in New York Magazine about it that put a lot of heat on it, and Stephen Ross, who is really involved, like, he's an interesting character, so, you know, without giving... Away too much. Just what was your impression of seeing all the press and a little bit of the backlash while working on it on the inside?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting because Stephen Ross he's actually he's the chairman of Related Companies, also the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. He so also is the Ross School of
0: Business at the University of Michigan. Yeah, so he's a, a, a lot super
2: super public figure, and I mean, not to get like too into it, but. Football fans get pretty crazy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to put that out there. Like, he already has that beef against him, and then if he uh, or his company decides to do something that people haven't seen before... He's got a target on his back. Yeah, there's going to be backlash, and there's going to be negative Nancys out there, Um, and so seeing, like, the negative articles, or seeing the articles that, like, didn't really present us the way we wanted no. to and kind of I should
0: have said before like the negative articles were basically about how it's an enclave for rich people yeah essentially and it's taking away which we can get into whether or not this is correct or not but basically taking away the only undeveloped space in Manhattan and turning it into private property and they got a lot of tax breaks and so you know while it is open and accessible to everyone is it really that kind of thing so that
2: was just to give people that maybe weren't as spun up on it. Yeah. So So I guess the best way for me to look at it is uh, my team is the related urban management team. Mm -hmm. So we do the retail leasing and the food and beverage leasing, which is kind of all of the shops in Hudson Yards, which is great. Um, But that specifically has gotten a lot of backlash too, because people are like, this is a mall. Why does New York City out of all the places need a mall? But it's. Like if you've been
1: there, no, it's definitely not. It's not that, that different vibe. from what is that development down in, like the uh, Oculus Battery Park, the yeah. Oculus, yeah, yeah, or Brookfield Place or something.
2: Exactly, like that. And Brookfield it's, Place, yeah. Like yes, there are like the restaurants are kind of expensive, but it's also bringing big names into the mm-hmm. city. It's also bringing like, and you need those flagships. You need yeah. those like I forget what they call it, like in the
0: retail space, but having those, like, key leaseholders to bring like in. Like, stores. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, we have the first Neiman Marcus in New York City right. ever, which, wow. you know, I probably won't shop there, because yeah. it's a little out of my price point, but it looks nice. Yeah. And it's bringing a lot of interesting people right. in.
0: And I think mm-hmm. it goes back to, we've talked on this podcast a lot about um, gentrification, and I think it's a little bit of a different conversation, but... Back to what we were saying before, at the Hudson Yard space, there wasn't anything there. Yeah. I would have felt maybe differently if it was a park, or if it was, like, Central Park, and they were like, now we're going to put a Neiman Marcus there, but it was an undeveloped, unused space, and I think, compared to what could have gone in there, it has a bunch of multifaceted things.
2: Yeah, and I think, eventually, somebody was going to look at that space and say, hey, we should probably do something with this unused space in New York City, and... Stephen Ross or whoever yeah. initially came up with the idea of Hudson Yards looked at it before people kind of thought about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting, if for the naysayers, is it again, it not only did it not displace, a, like Maddie said, a park or etc. There wasn't anyone living over there. It no, wasn't like exactly. They were raising there was no other apartments or public housing or anything, or anything like that.
2: No, and we, from just the project alone, made. I I don't want to put, like, an exact number on it, but we made so many different construction jobs. Mm -hmm. We created a mass opportunity for jobs that otherwise would not have been in that area or even in New York City to begin with. I mean, there's construction workers everywhere, but not to this extent of a development. Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think part of what makes people upset, too, is the tax breaks. Like, we have seen... You know, kind of putting it in the same ecosystem. And I know that New York article talked about this that basically what Amazon got ran out of town for Hudson Yards was doing, yeah, all along kind of under the radar. And you know, I think it's just something interesting to think about, not to, you know, go too into that topic, but how do you balance this keeping public things available for everyone and using tax dollars appropriately, but also, moving into the 21st century making a livable city creating jobs and things like that so i think having hudson yards as a success and amazon kind of moving into the background are two interesting sort of case studies to look at that
2: i think the the key to hudson yards kind of thriving is that there are so many different facets of it Mm -hmm. you know like amazon Right, our just performance have, space. Right, there's... Shops, There's yeah. the Vessel, there's Amazon parks. is just an office building. Right. So there's so many different things that Hudson Yards brings, not to just, like, that specific location, but to New York City in general. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, our office spaces, a lot of big companies are moving down there. Yeah. Because they get more bang for their buck, so to speak, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have more opportunity and more publicity yeah. within that neighborhood. And I will say, like, being,
0: I know, Shay, you've spent a lot of time in that area, like, around the Brookfield yeah. Place as well, and, you know, it was nice, like, I used to work at the Goldman Building that's, mm-hmm. like, right by Brookfield Place, and it's nice to be in a place where you can, you know, have, like, go to dig in, go to, yeah. like some of these fast casual places if you need to you know there was like a j crew there like again i probably wouldn't shop in a neiman marcus either but you need those like anchor stores to bring in yeah the lower price point places that normal workers would be able to shop at exactly so i think that's very interesting was yeah, there any other um like fun things about that project i know you were like very I very stressed so up stressed. until the end. I like but you didn't did get to go to, to the fancy
2: party with the celebs. I know. Oh, fun. Yeah, we went to uh, our grand opening party, which was super cool. and there were a lot of like very fancy people. I felt Ooh, wildly. like who. Anne Hathaway was there. I did not see mm-hmm. her, but she was there. Um, there was Tom Brady, right? Yeah, Tom Brady and Giselle were there. Um, Giselle is gorgeous. And as is Tom course. Brady, but yeah. he could do with, like, some hair plugins or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, it was, I felt, like, so out of place because yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. well, here I am wearing, like, Target tights. Yeah. What up?
1: <laughs> and <laughs> oh, you were, gosh, like, on the no. job,
2: technically, too. Yeah. But it was, it was so cool. So I had only, like, been down on site, is what they call it, Hudson yeah. Yards, because our office is up in Columbus Circle. And I had only been down on site when I first started my job in May, and then again when it opened, or, like, weeks before it opened. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, night and day to me, and I never saw myself in real estate. Like, if I graduated college and you told me I'd be in real estate, I would have thought it was, like, the funniest joke. What did you
1: study in college? I was an English
2: and Spanish double major. Oh, Oh, my God. Just like me. Ooh, twins. (laughs) But I... Even know what I saw myself in, but <laughs> I did not see myself in real estate. Yeah. At all. But now that I'm in it, it's a whole different ball game. I don't like I don't wanna like pink cloud it or whatever the yeah. phrase is. Rose colored glasses. Yeah, but it's really cool mm-hmm. and it's awesome to be a part of a development even if it's does get negative backlash, mm-hmm. everything's gonna get negative backlash. Sure.
0: Of course. Yeah. And if you like the work and you believe in it, it's like, yeah. naysayers are gonna be naysayers. Um, I think that's a good transition, so you went to the College of the South, which I don't I know the did. actual name the of. The
2: University of the South.
0: Yeah. Uh, Colin Swanee. Swanee. Yeah. Oh,
1: Swanee. Um, yeah.
2: How did you end up in New York? So uh, my dad actually worked in New York for about twenty years. Um, I like to say that he has like the typical New York banker attitude, um, Kind of broey. Yeah, yeah, like kind of slick, kind of like just that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, if you're gonna start somewhere, you need to start in New York, even if it's for a I year, love that. even if it's for two. Figure it out. See how you feel. Yeah. And I'm coming up on my three years, and, and I like love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> don't have any plans to leave. Yeah. I don't. I have no plans to leave. I mean, I would like to take like a vacation right. here or there, but like not permanently leaving.
0: Yeah. I always joke because I'm yeah. like, all of my friends leave. Shay is leaving. Laura keeps talking about going to London. My friend Jenny lives in Paris. I'm just like, y'all need to, yeah, bring to it stay. back to me. Yeah. No. But I understand. I'm very supportive of people that want to leave. But I'm also yeah, like, yeah. I would love it if everyone's in the same place forever. Yeah. Um. So that's great. So d- did you get the job at Related right out of school, or were you doing other things kind of in between? Then no. And out? So
2: I graduated and went back home and lived with my parents for like six months. And hey, it was where are they? There in a super small town in upstate New York. Okay. It's wow. about 900 cows, 500 people <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Super nice for, like, a retired Wall Street right. man. and Not a place mm-hmm. for a young professional lady. Yeah. And needless to say, it was not a great six yeah. months. I took this sort of part-time job at a local prep school in the communications department, honestly, just to, like, kill time something to do yeah yeah and not stare Get at out of the house right and not like stare at Cows. this table <laughs> being like why don't I have a job yet yeah
1: <laughs> oh my
2: gosh and then I got a job at Dow Jones um oh wow and it was I interviewed there after I left Goldman before I got my current job it was interesting <laughs> so I was on the Dow Jones like Wall Street Journal side oh of God, things that's exactly where I you're lucky you didn't go. (laughs) It was not a good experience. Mostly because of the people that I worked for. Mm -hmm. Um, What were you, what kind of department were you in?
0: I was kind of in the marketing
2: field of things. Um, And the person that I kind of supported at the time, she was the head of marketing and then also the president. And she had a lot of different titles Mm -hmm. and everything else. But as a young professional, especially, like, a young woman in her first real corporate job, it was it was not good. Too intense. Too, we don't like it. Not even too intense, but, like, not just the fit. politics of it yeah. all just got gross. It was bad. Yeah. So then um, I got wrongfully terminated. And oh, my. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even, this wasn't even going to be part of the interview, but, yeah. you know. What happened? As much as
0: you want to talk about it.
2: It it mostly was just like, the politics getting into play again. She mm. had it out for me, and her chief. Oh, of another staff, woman. Yeah, and her chief of staff, basically didn't even man up and like tell me that I was something was wrong. I had to see it in her calendar oh. that she had a meeting with HR with my name as the meeting title. Like interesting. Oh, no. So Those I emailed are, like, her. managing
1: her calendar. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and so I emailed oh, her being like, hey sup, like, why, what's what's going on? And, um. That's crazy. Yeah. And then they called me and they're like, yeah, it's your last day. Bye. Did you get any type of severance or anything? I got severance, thank God, but I didn't get any explanation. Yeah. I didn't get, like, any sort of. That's crazy. Notice or anything. And then karma came around (laughs) and she, the chief of staff and the, uh, my old boss got canned, so. Nice. so oh, now. Yeah. That is- and you know what? Yeah, it yeah. worked out because
0: now you have a job Indicated. that you like It Related. Mm-hmm. So how did you... I'm sure that was, like, a super vulnerable time being, like, I just got fired. Like, how do you bounce back from yeah. that? I feel like that's something that we haven't really talked about on this podcast, like... It was intense. As a young professional. It was intense,
2: especially because, you know, growing up, I was always an athlete. Like, I played pretty much every sport you could possibly think of, and being, like, that goal-driven and that, like, oriented, and then getting fired, and not only getting fired, but, like, not having a reason for it. Yeah, just, like, blindsided. Yeah. Like, it was rough. It was really rough, and I kept trying to tell myself, you know... The next thing that comes is going to be so great, but it's hard to, like, sit there and and actually believe that. Did you have, like, a support system? Like, were you in therapy? Were you, like, with family? My parents were super, super supportive the whole step of the way. My parents, you know... Would help me vet for which interviews to go on and you know which companies would be the best fit for me long term. That's great. Yeah, they were amazing about it, and you know my close friends were good too, but my parents were like actually my rock during the whole process, which was awesome.
0: That's great.
1: So switching gears, so now you're here, now living your best life. Yes, we've got Chloe. She is now happy in her new job, successful. There we go. And dating up a storm. Is this where we're Single Maddie's and ready right to mingle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Single as a Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> but Pringles are never single. They like. Except for that one
2: together. like lone pizza Pringle that's a little stale <laughs> and you lost the cap. That's me in my single life. Mm. You gotta
0: live it up before Carlton
2: no. comes this summer. I know. I can't believe that.
0: Ugh. Chloe's brother is living with her this summer because he has an internship oh, be at the great. city
2: for nine weeks. It'll be awesome. Brothers are the best. I mean, it's uh, not gonna do like any change to my love life. So, no.
0: so <laughs> I feel like what? if anything,
2: Carlton's gonna want to bring chicks over.
1: I know, and it's gonna be so uncomfortable. <laughs> so, what apps are you on?
2: Literally all of them. Well, I'm on Hinge, but I hate Hinge for like a mul-
1: multitude of reasons. I never ever was on him.
2: I'm on Bumble and I'm on Tinder and Tinder specifically like when I'm drunk.
1: I feel like, like Tinder,
2: Tinder can't go on it so. We've over. talked
0: about this and we've also had like a dating coach on and stuff and I feel like Tinder has gotten weird since the times when I was yeah. single. Like I felt like maybe 3 4 or 5 years ago Tinder was like it was it. a thing yeah. and now it's like there's a lot of bots on it. It's like
2: super weird. It's so weird. And they're trying That's to do sick. so much with it. They have like feeds and stuff like that. So literally anyone that you've possibly matched with on Tinder, you get a notification that they've updated their feed. Ugh. And I'm like, I don't, like, care, I don't care who John <laughs> is meeting who I haven't talked to in three years besides sup.
1: Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> So how long do you talk with somebody on an app before you meet them in person for a date? Like a week. Well, so I
2: talk to them on the app for like two days and then I give them my number or they give me their number. It's usually me giving them mine. (laughs) (laughs) And then we talk for like a week after that and then we go on our date. And our dates are usually fine, but I just lose so much interest so quickly.
1: (laughs) So what would you say you're, are you looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend or partner of some kind or are you just like dating to date? I
2: don't know. I think like this point last, like last month or whatever, I was like, yeah, I'm dating just to date because I need to have a social life Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. because
2: I was so consumed with work and now I'm kind of going about it and saying all right like if there isn't a future here that I see after like the first or the second date then there's really no point in me putting in my time mm-hmm. or them putting in mm-hmm. their time but hopefully fingers crossed I find like an actual relationship yeah <laughs> yeah do you have any maybe best dating
0: stories or worst dating stories I have that so you many want to share with the group I have so many um or any funny ones
2: I don't know okay let's think um so I was seeing this guy I guess it was last summer I was seeing this guy that my friends nicknamed Blandrew his name is actually
1: Andrew but like he was so boring (laughs) that's worse than when I dated a guy we called socially inept Pete (laughs) it's almost the same level though (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah And he like he was nice. He went. He
2: also went to school in the south, so we had that in common. And he had a dog, so that was awesome. <laughs> and on our like third date, full disclosure, like my first date is very close to my second date, which is very close to my third date. Like I go in like ready, yeah. guns a blazing, to go, like boom boom boom. Yeah, guns a yeah. And on our third date. I guess it was, like, we went to a movie or something, and then we got, like, Endless Margs, and I went to the bathroom because, you know, as a woman does, and I come back and apparently the bartender, like, asked him, oh, what does your girlfriend want to drink? And he's like, oh, she'll have blah, 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 and I sat down, and he said, so the bartender just called you my girlfriend, like, what do you think about that? Oh. And I just, so he read a lot into I that. just chugged my margarita, <laughs> kept drinking, oh, no. like, stuffed my face with chips, and I was like, wow, these chips are great, was my actual response to him asking me, like, how do you feel about the word girlfriend? Oh, no. So needless to say, we did not see no. each other after that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't know. That's There's, amazing. Yeah. And my roommate hated him because he got drunk and broke a candle in our, which should not have been in there, but in our bathroom. And the glass was, like, all over the floor, and he didn't oh. clean it up. And I didn't even realize it. And Ooh. she was like, there's glass all over the yeah. floor. I mean, the fact that he didn't <laughs> want to clean it up, that's a did, poor show of character. Did I know.
1: Blandrew get any more interesting when he was <laughs> drinking? No. Not really. He was just kind of
0: even-keeled. He was just kind of
2: there. And, like, free margaritas. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: that's the thing. What are your feelings on like men paying you pay? Like, do you have a standard rule, or do you kind of like feel it out?
2: I kind of like. So I think the first date is like fair game. Yeah, because you don't really
1: like know the vibe. Right. Yeah. Or as my boyfriend calls the first date, the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> David yes. is very transactional. Yeah, he's like, we went to a meeting. There you go. He's like, I did not say that, Shay, you are wrong. But I can guarantee that at some That's point okay. he's called our first date a meeting. He can write us an
0: email. Hello at
1: com. <laughs> he loves sending emails. Well, no, he loves telling me things. And then we can talk about them. Sometimes he comes on as a surprise guest. Anyway, continue.
2: Um, I think the first date is like, fair game. Figure it out as you go. Um. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, it kind of just depends. Like, if he buys yeah, dinner, out. then, like, I'll buy yeah. drinks afterwards. I mean, you're or... a modern
0: working woman. You have your own yeah. paycheck. Yeah. You're not in it for the gold digging unless it's, like, you know. Yeah. Stephen Ross's son or someone like that. <laughs> Then, yes, please be in it for the gold I know. Digger. And
2: then I'm like, all right, maybe
0: i I we'll... have no shame. I'm yeah. like,
1: maybe I'll do I'm it. I'm not a
2: gold digger, but I'm also like, not going to turn has it down. I
1: over a billion dollars, yeah. I'm in it. It's fine. Yeah. But less than a billion, no way. Less than a
2: billion, I'm out. <laughs> do you have like a type who are your celebrity crushes? Oh my God. Um, my type, Besides the Joe Bros. My type is specifically fraternity star. Okay. Like finance, super oh preppy, super athletic. My friends, it's hate like my it? brother. Should I set
0: her up with
1: Jackson? No, I'm just kidding. You're no. very different people, but he is a friend <laughs> I really, I enjoy Jackson greatly, but I don't think this would suit <laughs>
2: <laughs> My friends hate it because they're like, these guys are the worst because they are. They do not have personalities. Like, And even if they do have personalities, it's like, oh my God, why? But it's like how you
0: feel about it. I also feel like... W- you and I collectively are in this weird stage, and maybe Shay can give some perspective on this. Being an older millennial, is like I love it. We're still like we're in our mid twenties, so we're like, okay, next birthday is going to be twenty six. We're like firmly in like the adult stage, but we're still close enough to college. And the yeah. guys that we're dating are like close enough to college where it's like they still they have they haven't kicked that they haven't the negative aspects oh of God. that personality. So I wonder as the guys get closer to like. 30 and above, does that go away? I don't know if Shay has any insights into this. Well, or if it's like, once I, a frat star, always a frat star.
1: No, I think people do grow and mature, and I think, particularly as those people, you know, double down on their career, you just can't be, this is not like the 80s, you can't be like, <laughs> doing blow and like, working till all I was, like, it's not like, yeah. what is that? Wolf of Wall Street or whatever. Um, so I think they do grow out of it, but... I mean, I think the problem. Sorry, Chloe, you're not gonna like this with that type of man. <laughs> Lay it is on that me. <laughs> they hit their like late 20s, early 30s, and then they realize they can go out with like a 23 year old and oh, marry yeah. a 23 year old. Oh no, that's like so valid. So yeah, yeah. So, so I might think as well what live it up now. Is, that's your type. Increase your age range and start looking at, like, the 35-year-olds.
2: No, that's what I'm doing.
1: Mm -hmm. I, like, changed my Bumble settings to
2: 28 and up because... Oh, man. I know. (laughs) Getting crazy. But the guys, like, my age that I'm attracted to but are
1: also attracted to me... Are woefully immature. Yeah, bing bong central. Well, and yeah, boys just—it's been much proven across the board that boys mature more slowly than girls do, and that's not like a judgment on them. It's just the reality, yeah. and you know, facts of life. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just—I hated dating in New York, and I hated dating in general. So I feel very, very lucky that I somehow managed to get in the wonderful position yeah, I'm in now thing. because. I certainly had a very bad attitude. I was not as open and jovial about the whole experience as young Chloe here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I tried to be jovial. Do you have the experience because you grew up in a small town and you spent a lot of time there and you also went to school in the South as your Facebook feed just like... Wedding engagement baby, oh wedding God, engagement baby. I can't.
2: I like have to delete Facebook yeah. soon. There's so many girls from my high school that either didn't go to college or like dropped out of college wow. specifically so they could have babies or get married. And yeah. I, I don't. I mean, understand. it's a valid life choice. It's just not relatable for no at all. You at all? Yeah. And like, yes, to each their own, and more power to you if it's you also like. There's a world of experience. Yeah. Like, I, there's some people from my high school that will never and have never left that town. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is, I couldn't even begin to fathom it's that. sad. Yeah. yeah. It's I moved around ladding. so much, and I yeah. think that's like kind of what made me who I am is moving around and like getting to different cultures. Where was your favorite place cultures. you lived?
1: Oh, I don't know. Does New York count? Does Should we jump into the rapid fire archery range question? Oh yeah, I guess, do we have
0: any, is there anything else, I guess, before we jump into that, any last questions or anything about either Hudson Yards or just life in general that you want to talk about? We kind of hit all the boxes, I feel.
2: Not really, but any listeners that are like, kind of frat boys (laughs) and interested in me, HMU. (laughs) Yeah. You can email us
1: and we'll forward them
2: along to Chloe. We love it. Oh my god, it took
1: me a good five seconds to be like, "HMU, what does that mean?" Hit me up. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, took me a while. Great. Um, all right. Also, I have to say, Maddie, it's very funny because I feel like whenever we say to our guests, "We're now going to the archery range," they get this like moment of panic, as if we're going to go like full Shirley Jackson on them and start like stoning (laughs) them or something. But every time. From The Lottery.
0: It is very If funny. you were allowed
1: to read that, if that was serious enough. Yeah, it was serious enough. Okay, good. <laughs> Love it. The delay just got super bad again. I'm sorry, Maddie. No, it's All okay. Right. It's fine. Let us begin in the archery range. Oh, man. Okay. Favorite place. Oh, do we need to tell you what it means? Um, answer quickly whatever comes to your head first. Um, if we say favorite, can be a favorite, not the favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Favorite place you've lived? Still uh, Tennessee. Uh, Favorite book? Great Gatsby. Or To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, both good choices. Um, Favorite childhood snack?
2: Ooh, Reese's or Goldfish. Mm. Favorite movie? Finding Nemo. Mm. Favorite vacation spot? Amelia Island, Florida. I've been going there since I was a baby. You are good at this. Very rapid. Some people are not so good at it. Um, Favorite TV show? Ooh, The Office
1: for sure. (laughs) That's my favorite New York neighborhood. Uh, Upper East Side. Oh, yeah, that's where you live. Yeah,
0: very cool. Well, I think you answered all the questions so quickly. We We got through all of them. Yeah, wow! Um, You answered it. Boom, boom, boom. That's what we love. Yeah. For future guests that are listening, do it like Chloe. We love it. Yeah. Sometimes I jump in though, and I will say I interject and I want to talk about the archery
1: Range questions, which is not the point of this segment. But (laughs) this was good. Cool. Awesome. So, oh my gosh, uh, Chloe, thank you so so much, listeners. Thank you as well. Uh, yes. We will see you next week. Campbell. We should ask,
0: we should ask Chloe if she wants to be found on the
2: internet, oh, so people can sorry. hit her up. Chloe, do
1: you want to be found on the internet?
2: Sure. The more the merrier. Where can marrior. we find you? Um, my Instagram, maybe, or whatever you want, whatever feels comfortable for you. Facebook or whatever. Can Instagram. you say what's your handle and what's your name on Facebook? <laughs> um, my. Instagram handle is clo chanel <laughs> oh my god love it's also my drunken alter ego <laughs> um Which I have seen and it's phenomenal it's like oh, so no. aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um and then my Facebook is just I think it's just Chloe Stevenson uh it could be Chloe battle that's my middle name so yeah
1: love it. let us know we'll put a link yeah cool that's great
0: all right. All right. Well, campers. thanks, campers. That
1: was so fun.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yerge, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at CampAdulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.